listening to what you say. I'm just waiting for my chance to speak. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Earspace. Happy whatever day it is that we put this out. Hope your week is going fantastic. On today's episode of the podcast, we are joined by... You got to say your name now. Oh, Mitch Erickson. <laughs> Hi. What's you up, woke man? me up. Jeez, I was napping there. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Welcome to uh, welcome to Earspace. I'm happy we could finally get together and do this. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, for the listeners out there, um, I, I met you, sheesh, um, I don't know, a couple years ago. You uh, uh, own uh, a bunch of buildings, building across the street here from the studio, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, those days are coming to an end, but that's what I've been doing. I owned this building at one point. Yeah, yeah it was just like Mr. Lancaster, uh, I don't know what, not real estate, because it was just like, we needed the space, yeah. and then yeah. we didn't need it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I mean, we're going to kind of like bounce all over the place here. Um, but first and foremost, uh, where are you from? Where are you born at? Oh, uh, well, I was, uh, I'm an import. Um, I was born in Germany and came over here when I was five years old, not speaking too much English. And then the teachers in the first grade said, this boy must speak nothing but English. So yeah. then I forgot all my German by the time I went back to see my relatives and, uh, the rest is, you know, no no detection of any kind of accent at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you, you still speak the language at all or no? Try to, yeah, because yeah. I still have relatives there. And But okay. when I see kids around, Lancaster is a city, as you know, of people from all over the place. And sometimes right. when I see kids and they're all trying to look like, yeah, we want to fit in and look like all the other kids. It's like, hey, don't give up on your culture, man. Yeah. You, like there's... Uh, a lot of Bhutanese people came here at one point when there was a, a conflict going on over there, and I would see them in the parking lot because a local church sponsored them, and they'd be, you know, wearing all their stuff that they got at the Gap, and I'd say, "Hey, don't forget where you came from, man. It's yeah. important later on in life that that kind of stuff grounds you. You got to know where your roots are." Right, right, right. Do you uh, uh, do you have any like specific German things that you like to do to keep you? Grounded in your traditions? Well, you know, there was a group that used to meet over at um, Iron Hill restaurant uh, near here. And the idea was we were all there to speak German. Mm. And that got closed down <laughs> during the pandemic, like a lot of things, yeah. and never got re-put in. But they did a virtual version, but it's kind of like, hey, if I want to talk virtually German, I'll go, you know, have a Zoom call with my relatives. I, right. But the in-person stuff never came back. So gotcha. other German stuff, hey, come October, I'll be at those Oktoberfests and uh, go drink some beer with folks in either Reading or uh, a, what they call a Liederkranz yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. here in uh, Lancaster. Yeah, there's one, um, what is it, off uh, uh, 283? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they yeah, got a yeah. nice facility there. Yeah, yeah. I've never been over there, but I'll have to, well, have to check it out. Come along, man, yeah. and share my roots. My Hell roots. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely down. Uh, one thing um, I, was, I was curious about, so born in Germany, you come here. Right. You learn English. Mm -hmm. What? How old were you when you came here? I was five years old. Okay. So I started first grade here. Yeah. Um, I never met my father and my mother married an American army officer. Yeah. Yeah. So he was stationed in Berlin and then he got transferred to what used to be an army base, Governor's Island at the tip of Manhattan. Right. And so I spent, uh, well, like six years going to school there until they divorced and we moved to New Jersey. So it was, uh. Uh, by that time, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd forgotten my German and, uh, I was just like an American kid. Yeah. What does an American kid like mean to you? What, what is an American kid? Well, apparently somebody, when I was almost fresh off the boat, thought I looked like an American kid because we were walking through New York. My mother loved to go to the department stores. We would take the ferry from Governor's Island and we'd go to Macy's and Gimbel's. Yeah. And we'd go past this store with a big, not a store, but like an office with a big reef on the door. And it said, goodbye, Brooklyn Dodgers. It was their their office where they did all of their um, 
management and stuff, and they had gone to the West Coast. And this photographer who was there from one of the newspapers said, hey, there's an all-American kid, baseball lover. Let's grab this. I had no idea what baseball was. I yeah. knew soccer. That was about Let's get this kid and get him in the pictures. And uh, so I'm in this picture in the newspaper, and I had to make believe I was crying in front of the Brooklyn Dodgers headquarters where they were saying goodbye as the team left New York. Yeah. And um, – they had no idea this kid doesn't even know what baseball is. You know? <laughs> Fooled you. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. I mean, I, I do know uh, uh, a little bit about you, though, so I, I do want to ask this. Like, Do you think like your experience like going to uh, these big stores when you were younger like had any uh, um, kind of drive into like why you got into the world that you did later from a professional level, like display-wise oh, and yeah, whatnot? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so... Like, I, I most of my I, my background is as a designer, and because of a series of jobs I had, uh, I ended up doing like stored interior designs and store displays, and then manufacturing displays. By the time I got to Lancaster, I had a business here where we made displays, mostly for cosmetic companies because yeah. I used to work for Revlon, but also locally for Armstrong and um, a bunch of other companies. So. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> being raised by uh, a single mom, I spent a lot of time shopping with her. So maybe that's yeah. where I picked that up. I never yeah, really yeah. thought about where the origins came from. I was kind of fascinated, though, how colors and space and shapes can influence you into hanging out and then eventually buying something, you know, right. which was normal until people bought everything on the Internet. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's I mean, design is something that I've, you know, I've talked about at length on the podcast before and uh, maybe briefly with you uh, uh, previous. Like, I understand audio. I understand music, visual stuff. It's I can appreciate it just from an outside perspective, you mm -hmm. know, from from a pure consumer perspective. I When I look at, say, even my, my logo, you know, like mm -hmm. that your space thing on that pillow, like I did not draw that. It, I think it looks cool. Right. right? But like. I just don't, I don't get it. So like, did, did you have a, a previous, uh, uh, you know, were, were you drawing out yeah. things and designing things as a, as a child or? Yeah. When I was a kid, I, I, I like to draw pictures a lot. You okay. know, when you're yeah. on your own a lot, that's a good thing to, to kind of start doing. Cause you can always get a, find a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah. But, um, you know, but even the music side of it, you go into any store uh, oh, Abercrombie, oh my God, you know, that there's music playing outside yeah. to draw you in. And it's specifically all these marketing companies have done their research. The whole idea is to keep you in the store longer and to draw you in with something that you're tuned into. Right. And then hopefully get you to wander around and buy something you had absolutely no intention of buying. Yeah. So, yeah. again, now people go to stores to check prices and then they go home and find the cheapest one online right 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 so that's a new day uh, did you ever see that uh documentary on abercrombie i forget what it was on like netflix maybe or something like that i don't think i did no, fascinating I I'll, I'll find it and i'll, I'll yeah. have to text it to you it's it's really dark shit their their yeah. marketing strategies were, were were very um questionable yet effective and, and from a yeah. you know just from a pure marketing standpoint well they very were, interesting and and Back in the day, I remember when I was working in New York, there was an Abercrombie and Fitch store. It was nothing like what they look like now. It was mm. hunting gear. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was stuff that you would wear if you were going out on your horse to hunt foxes or something, you know. So yeah. how they got into all this hip designer stuff, I have no idea. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I have to watch that though. It sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Let me know. It's uh, it's a lot. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. Speaking about uh, hunting, you ever you ever go hunting before? You ever kill some uh, shit and eat it? Uh, no. I And, you know, back in the day. So I'm older and uh, of the hippie era. And How I lived up in New England for a while. Me, I'm uh, edging up on 72. Okay, sweet. But, um, but when I lived up in New England, it was kind of like, man, there's a lot of deer up here and there's rabbits and people are hunting. And I didn't get an appreciation for it until I lived in a community where they were hunting because they had food for mm. the rest of the winter when they got a, a nice sized deer. Yeah. And so, you know, my attitude changed. Hey, it wasn't just to put a trophy on the wall. This was about survival and got back to our most, you know, basic 
background there. Yeah. 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 Myself, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at hunting or fishing or yeah. any of that stuff. Gotcha. I'm gotcha. good at the supermarket. I'm pretty good there finding a deal. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, that's that's neat. I I personally haven't been hunting, um, but I'm thinking about it a lot more lately. My like, I eat meat, right? But I have no real connection to the animal itself, and I, I've been really having this internal debate for a while now, trying to be like, all right, well. If I'm going to continue to eat meat, I want to experience, you know, that exchange. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I contacted some people last year, tried to put everything in motion for me to go hunting this year. I kind of, uh, I messed up. I was too busy at the studio, um, but hopefully next year I will uh, I'll take well, my maiden voyage. You, you can combine a couple of different uh, ways of uh, hunting and fishing. I saw this, a, I don't know, it must two years ago. People in the Susquehanna who were fishing with bows and arrows. Oh, neat. Have yeah. you seen that? So they're yeah, on yeah. the boat, and they I don't know how they lure the fish up to the top. Maybe they're floating something, and as soon as they see one, they pull back, and all of a sudden you've got a fish on your arrow, and, and there's a string, and you're reeling it in. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, that's, that's interesting. You get right. the hunting, the fishing. And you have a nice fish dinner at the end of the day. You'll have to try that out. Shout out to <laughs> to, to, to Bo's. I mean, I've maybe not so fair, but I've uh, you ever shoot like a firework under ice? No. You ever do that before? No. I've seen videos of it hundreds of times. So I actually went out to a frozen lake this summer uh, and I, I tried it. It's a very strange view. I definitely would uh, recommend at least Googling it. Because you can see the firework like a like a mortar. It'll go underneath the ice, and then explode. But is it something that we're doing to attract fish to the surface? I mean, or? in theory, like you would you could fish that way. Yeah, you know, you'd blow the fish up. Yeah, but, uh, be much left to know. eat. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Maybe that's not the best way to do it. <laughs> Just from a visual sense, though, very uh, uh, interesting to see. I'm uh, probably not safe around much, yeah. much hunting stuff because uh, my experience with fireworks is a couple of years ago. I was at a friend's place in Connecticut, and I thought. Hey, cool! I can go, I can buy fireworks now in Pennsylvania. I brought oh, yeah, all these right. fireworks with me, and they were looking at me to be the person who was knew what he was doing. Yeah. I start setting these fireworks off, and <laughs> next thing I set a guy's shirt on fire. He's standing there, and he's like, people are patting him, and and he said, "Stop, Mitch! Stop! Stop!" So what's going on? I look over, and this guy's shirt has a flame coming out oh, of it. Oh no! And then um, I said. Um, Mind you, this is in Connecticut and kind of a ritzy part of Connecticut. And I said to my friend, hey, tell your neighbor I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to pay for a shirt. And he said, you don't want to know what he paid for that shirt. Yeah, <laughs> some crazy stuff. Let's go hide. Go hide in yeah. a barn or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't do fireworks. I can't do hunting. I'm pretty yeah. lame when it comes to that stuff. Oh, man. no worries, man. <laughs> don't You don't got to do it. I, I am curious, though, from a, uh, from a design person perspective, are you big on uh, clothing and whatnot? I mean, like you got some cool, you got yeah. a cool shirt on. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like your hat a lot. It's in the, it'll be on the image on Instagram when you okay. guys listen to it, but I was, well, I was looking know, at it all day. Uh, it's very hard to find a hat with a clear visor. I had one a long time ago and it blew off and landed in a bay somewhere and had a, it was an actual fishing hat with a clear green visor. So it gave you shade, but you could look through it. Yeah. And I've been trying to look for one ever since. This is the closest I came, but That's pretty yeah, neat. I mean, um, uh, I, yeah, I care about what I wear and, uh, you know, I think what you pick to whether it's the color, the shape, the style, uh, watch people walking around. It's like uniforms. They wear what represents them, mm. to the, unless you just don't care and you're right. dressed like you just fell into the laundry basket and put on whatever you landed on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of my aesthetic. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I was ending up walk, you know, asking you about your yeah. shirt. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Now, I've, I'm, I'm real big on being comfy. Yeah. I'm like comfort That's first and then, uh, you know. Yeah, stuff. but that resonates but, with people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've seen, yeah, how do women walk on those high heel shoes with the six-inch heels? Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, there's a there's a TV commercial on that. There's a bunch of commercials. I think it might be for insurance or something where you see this person going from one scene to the other. They're walking out of their kitchen. Suddenly they're in the middle of a field. Then they're crossing a the street. Then they're riding a bicycle. And so this woman, she's obviously a 
people have seen this. It's been running for a while and will continue. This woman is obviously a coach at a school, but she's in a gymnasium. And I was always told you got to wear sneakers. And she's got these boots on with like three-inch heels. And next thing, she's out on the track. And the team is taking off. They're all in uniforms. And she seems to be the coach. She's got a clipboard. And she's running with these three-inch heels. And I said, nah, this is not realistic. Yeah. Right there. That whole commercial bombed, in my opinion, because I was distracted by something as minor as that's not the right thing to be wearing right, for the right, person right. doing that. Yeah, so that's how our minds work. We, even if it's not, even if it's not conscious, I think you do that kind of stuff yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. So, huh? That's interesting. Reacting. Yeah. 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 So, um. I, I don't have really like segments ever on the show, but if there was ever any recurring segments, this would be one of them, right? Okay. Um, but before we get into that, if you want to just grab the entire microphone and kind of pull it closer, oh, okay. like, and then just pull it down. All right. Yep. How's Premium. that? Premium. can still see your face. Okay. And hear you even better. I don't want to bite them. <laughs> no, I mean, you could, I, I've, it's just a foam material, I guess. Uh, okay. Probably wouldn't be that great. Good. Do you want to go in a super light place or a super dark place? I don't know. And we'll bounce everywhere. We in could between. lose. We could lose a lot of people going to the dark place. Maybe yeah. not. You know. Yeah. Who knows? The goth crowd is out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You, you. It's your it's, show. It's you, up to you, though. That's the whole. Oh, let's start light. Okay, cool. What is a? Uh, uh, what does love mean to you? Ooh. I think basically. A, you have to have the attraction, and B, you have to have the respect. There's no love if you don't respect one another. Mm. I mean, otherwise you're just basically worshiping an idol, you know? If you're not getting it, if you're not giving and getting something back, it has to be going both ways, the respect as well as the attraction, whether it's physical or you just love the way the other person thinks or they're attitude about life i mean you feel it when there's a connection it's the love connection i don't think it's something that's easy to describe although people have tried it for centuries it's different for everybody but i that's what i that's what i think it has to be there it has to be that you know yeah there's a connection here i want to be around this person but i have to respect them i can't be around them because i want them to be something that i want them to be you know, they've got to like me. I got to like them. So that's yeah. that's love. And if you're lucky enough to find it, you know, hold on to it for as long as you can. Have you found it before? Yeah. I've been married for 40 years, and, wow. and uh, which blew me away because I, I, you know, the old hippie in me was like, oh, I could never do that. You know, geez. <laughs> uh, but I've uh, most of my friends have had multiple marriages or partners. And my one daughter, she doesn't even believe in marriage, but she's been living with the same guy long enough that they're um, they're married uh, by common law. Oh, so okay. they're recognized as a married couple, which becomes important in case. They were split up and have yeah. to, you know they own a house together, so right, right, right. <laughs> you have those realities sneaking in. But um, yeah, you said married for forty years. How, how did you all meet? Um, I was working at a design firm in New York, and I had somebody who was working part time to help me. And she says, um, "Hey, I'm having lunch with my." Uh, exercise teacher would you like to join us and i'm thinking exercise teacher yeah how bad could she be <laughs> so um that's i didn't i ended up marrying that one what i didn't know was the woman who invited me she actually had her eye on me so ah. i missed that entirely yeah, you know yeah. i just thought she was being very nice and yeah. but then i ended up with uh with the woman i shared the rest of my life with so that's awesome. Forty years yeah. though. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. And that doesn't count the years before we were married because right. you know we were playing house for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wild, man. Well, yeah, especially in New York because New yeah. York, any big city, I imagine, but um, now I can only speak for that. You can be so distracted by everything going on around you mm. that uh, I know a lot of people who, you know, have never found anybody because there's so much to choose from and you can be so specific about what you want. Right. And if you're too specific about what you want, then you might be closing yourself off to something that's sitting right in front of you too, you know? 
Yeah. So you got to let your guard down sometimes. I think my, my 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 small experience thus far, the only real thing that I've ever really looked in for a partner was the ability to like laugh together about that's so important dumb shit. You know, I was actually insulted. Uh, uh, you know, because I, I like you were saying about clothing and stuff. I care about the way I look. Yeah, yeah. And so my wife had said to me at one point before we were married, she said, "I like a guy who can make me laugh," mm. and I'm like. So if Woody Allen came into the room <laughs> and stood next to me, you'd be with Woody Allen? Yeah, She'd say, yeah, 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 I'd like Woody Allen. I said, man, what am I spending all this time, you know, trying to find a good barber for? <laughs> Woody Allen could take my place. Anyway, yeah. that was, but the, the point is right. Yeah, yeah. laughing, man, it's like medicine. Uh, yeah. If you can laugh together, you'll last together. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I'll, I'll have to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really like, I, I didn't realize until I started talking about it more on the podcast. Like I hold humor as like one of the pillars of like importance of my life. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously you can have so many different things happen in, in a 24 hour period. But to me, like if I just had a good laugh, good belly laugh that day, then good. That's yes. all good. That's all right. Well, you you, know? But if you dissected humor is where you take uh, quite often it's where you take things that don't belong together and put them together so it's it's like a mindset it's a it's a certain kind of way of thinking so um like what what um, oh there was somebody across the street walking into the building and they were carrying an old school manual typewriter and they were asking me, um, can you tell us where the uh, dance studio is? And I said, yeah, go in here, and it's up on the top floor. Okay. And I said, by the way, you won't need that stuff. She's got email. Yeah. And they just looked yeah. at each other like, what, what? Now, if that person had laughed, yeah. there'd be some kind of connection. But right, they were like, right, right. they had to think about it a couple of seconds. And, yeah. Oh, that was a joke. Okay, yeah. ha-ha, yeah. goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is, a, that is a place. Humor is a place where you connect with people and... You know that if you can make that a uh, a lasting connection, you've got a good thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well said. Mm. Well said. Love and laughter. Are we going to death now? This Love, is the laugh, dark. Laugh. Are we no, we'll the get dark? there. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some dark shit. Ooh. No. Um. No. I'm so. I'm curious. So speaking, like, kind of on love. Um. In my mind, similar yet different. There's. And I, it's just how I see it, right? You have different loves for different things, right? I love my work. I love my girlfriend. I love my family. I also love to laugh, and different aspects of that. Um, what's your your relationship like, love wise, uh, with your fam? Where's what's the family like? You said you have kids. Yeah, I got three kids, and each one uh, is different, very different from one another. Um, and I, I think I have a good relationship with all of them. I would like to think they think the same thing. Um, one is far away. Our oldest lives in Australia, so we don't get to see her as much, but thanks to technology, we continue to connect as often as we like. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, in some ways I think, the family well here's the thing so i was raised by my mom so i was a you know single mother for most of my life yeah. uh was raising me growing up so i noticed that uh, i had a lot of friends who came from divorced relationships and almost universally they went one way or the other they either thought marriage sucks i never want to do it they were totally against that yeah or my take on it was, I want to know how to do this and do it better. And I think I ended up, for myself, doing that, you know? So those are the two ways you can go. And and a lot of what you do about relationships, family, love, whatever, is based on that kind of experience, what you saw growing up, you know? If you come out of an abusive household, it's kind of like, you know, you either like, oh, that's how you control somebody, or you say, I would never do that unless somebody's getting hurt. You know, right, it depends right. on how you absorb all that stuff. That's what makes you what you eventually become, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah. You mentioned um, uh, you, you, were, uh, you were raised by a single mother. What was your relationship like with your mom? Um, sometimes it was like having a sister because she was a, my mom was a model. So she was a really good looking woman. Yeah. And when I was in my 
early teens, that was tough because you still wanted to hold my hand crossing the street. Mm. But there were guys a few years older than me that were like whistling at her, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I was very uncomfortable with that. Uh, it wasn't until probably after college where, you know, that I, when I was in my twenties that I said, well, this is pretty cool. I got a good looking mom and I should appreciate it. Yeah. But it was more of an obstacle and, and it, it, it interfered with the relationship because she knew she was my mom, but some people thought she was my older sister. Mm. Um, and then uh, also being raised uh, in that kind of a household, uh, I didn't understand that all the other kids that I knew didn't have one day a week where they were supposed to stay home and help clean the house because I had responsibilities. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, again, it's whatever you experience that makes you, uh, that forms you into what you are. Right. So a lot of respect, a lot of respect for ladies who go that route and yeah. have to raise one or more kids by themselves. It ain't easy. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any uh, uh, siblings? No, no, gotcha. it was just me. Yeah. 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 The siblings I yeah. got later on. Um, I didn't meet my birth father until about uh, nine years ago after my mom passed away. And then I found out I have two half brothers from okay. two other mothers. Yeah, so yeah, I got yeah. brothers from other mothers. Yeah, yeah I got that whole thing Pretty going cool. on. Yeah. Should start uh, break dancing. Or <laughs> I don't know. Well, I could because one of the yeah. brothers is a DJ. He would. Oh help yeah, me out. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. No, that's a wow. DJ in Berlin. Hello, yeah. groovy fans. We're now gonna dance a little hip hop. What's yeah. that? Uh, that real famous club in in Germany. For the Bergheim or something like that. I'm not sure. It's some like some extremely famous yeah. club in Germany that it's so hard to get into. Ooh. People wait days to get into the club. It must be, be in one of the no. big cities, right? I, I want to say it's in Berlin, but I'm yeah. not, not sure. Berlin's a very hip city. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's comparable to New York. The advantage is that they have more uh, beautiful outdoor spaces and parks than most cities of that size. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, nice. it's, I mean, like, there's a lot going on there these days. Yeah. When's the last time you were there? Uh, before the pandemic, maybe three or four years ago. Okay. Why'd you go out there? Uh, to visit my birth father, you know, who, uh, who I got to know a little bit and a very unusual circumstances um and then he introduced me to my two half brothers and um so yeah and then i try to keep up my german so i can sprechen the deutsch yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's i'm dancing around that we totally talked about this before the podcast do you want to unpack this story it's up to you how much time brought documents how much time do we have yeah because this is hard to believe but yeah no uh, no after my mom passed away, my daughter, the one who lives in Australia, had been spending time with her while she was while my mom was going through chemotherapy. And yeah. to distract her, she would ask her things about the early days, like you know, and asked her about the man who was my father, who I knew very little about. Um, except my mother told me he had passed away, and she gave me a name, and I could never find any information about this person yeah. uh after my mom passed away my daughter comes with a napkin and she had written down four different names that this man my father had used because this was after world war ii and my mom and this guy met exchanging things on the black market because yeah. back then money wasn't worth much but if you had lipstick and the other and the, the other person had cigarettes you could do an exchange right, and right, then you could right. sell that and get cash uh, that's how they met and uh, they had an affair and I came out of that and before I was born he disappeared uh, and then as I said my mom always told me he was dead but uh, on this piece of paper on this napkin that my my daughter brought me um, uh, were some new names that I never researched and one of them turned out to be um, a picture on the internet uh, of a uh, somebody who was being tried in in Germany, and it the person who was in this picture looked very much like an old black and white photograph that one of my aunts gave me. My aunt secretly said, "Here's a photograph I have of, of your dad," and I was like fascinated because this was the only thing I I had of him. 
And so um, I did some research on this and found some, not just German, but American newspaper articles yeah. about this guy who had been a spy for the communists. And he was, again, involved in all kinds of smuggling deals and weapons and things. Wild. He was the real deal. He was a gangster. Yeah. He was yeah, in, yeah. you know, Secret doing smuggling. James Bond shit. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but he was going to go to prison. Um, uh, that's what I thought anyway. And then I hired an attorney, found an attorney who spoke enough English because it was beyond my capability in German to communicate all this, who I said, can you find out what happened to this man as a result of this trial? Was he, was he dead? Had he been killed? And long story short, um, she found him and, and, um, uh, when I was going over there to take some of my mom's ashes to um, the town where she was born, uh, Leipzig, um, I made a stop in Berlin and met my met my birth father at 63. Yeah. And then met my two half-brothers, the DJ in Berlin yeah, and yeah. the uh, department store executive in Munich. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, okay, and people said, were you mad? Were you, you know, how, how did you react? You know, yeah. here's this man who abandoned you. And his story is, well, I was doing some dangerous things and I didn't want to put your life in danger by um, being part of that. Yeah, buy it or don't, doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. It's, I, I came out of it, I think, okay, so I'm not going to give him a hard time about it or anything. And if that makes him feel better about it, that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was uh, the best part that I got out of it. I'm not looking for money or anything yeah, yeah. from him was that this guy is now in his nineties. He survived all this crap that happened to him. He had guns pointed at him. He was in real dangerous situations. Um, he didn't go to jail. He had a good life. He's in a retirement home and, um, and he's healthy. So yeah. every time I'd been to a doctor and they say, well, what's your family history? I could say, well, my mom, has got this or this or she's yeah, in good health yeah. and what about your dad i have no idea never yeah. met him until 63 and then i find out the man is going strong he's married third wife no second wife he never married my mom uh married to a woman uh like 20 years younger than me no so way. yeah i mean he's a player <laughs> he's got all that stuff going on yeah yeah so i don't know how much of those genes i got now i've yeah. been with the same woman for a long time so i yeah. i didn't get that part <laughs> that's wild man what's like that like i mean i don't know if it was like a door opening situation but like you know where you're had you talked to him on the phone before you met him in person um yeah well first i in germany it's complicated because you've pretty much got to prove that you've got a connection before they'll put you in touch oh, yeah, right, right. through an attorney and put you in touch with somebody. But what he did is, is uh, he sent once he told the attorney, yes, I know I have a son and yes, I'd like to meet him. And uh, I did talk to him before I came over and met him at a train station in Berlin. And it was the craziest thing. I get off the train and I'm going to be looking around for this guy. Yeah. And I'm expecting an old man, maybe he's got a walking stick or something. Yeah. I see a couple of people go by and they look kind of, you know, like they should be in an AARP magazine. Yeah. No, that's not him. I see this guy like practically jogging over. He's got a New York Yankees hat on. <laughs> and he comes over and says, hey, how are you? Mitch, yes, I'm your father. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah, that, that was, was it. Awesome. So it was cool. We had a good time. Yeah. Went and ate some Greek food in Berlin and cool. uh, hung out. Yeah. What's like going through your mind like that that on that train though? Is what I was trying to think of. I'm like, really nervous, yeah. you know, wondering. If, first of all, is he going to show up? Because that's yeah. man, after all those years, right. you know, uh, and and what's it going to be like, and what's his story going to be, and uh, but uh, you know, I, I was happy. It was good. It, it yeah. whenever you can fill in blanks in your life. Right. You know, because we all got them. We all have some questions like what happened then and why did this happen to me when I was at that age? And, you know, where did my father go? And so we all have questions about our childhood, our backgrounds. And whenever you get that kind of enlightenment, it it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You got a few more pieces in there. Now you now you make more sense to yourself. It makes you feel a little bit more complete. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's. So whatever was going through my mind faded once I got to that, mm. got off that train and saw him running over and on the platform. Yeah, yeah. 
That's beautiful, man. I'm happy yeah. you could experience that. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you've been to Berlin, obviously. I know you, you said you were in uh, Connecticut earlier, maybe the mention of New York. Is that where you, you grew up in New York? Pretty so much, in, in the, as far as America was concerned. Yeah. I grew up in New York and New Jersey when okay. my uh, stepdad yeah, right, and mother right, right. divorced. And then my, my deal was always I... I when everybody back in the sixties wanted to go to California, I, w I had a thing for new England. Okay. I just, I wanted to be near the mountains and all that. So I went up and, uh, went to school up in New Hampshire and tried to stay up there. But, um, and then I married a woman who doesn't like cold weather. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not spending a lot of time up there. But, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, have you, uh, I mean, I don't know if you can name them all, but I mean, have you, you've been all over the place. You traveled a bunch. You know, not as much as I like. We still have our bucket list of places, you know, now that I'm like slowing down on yeah. working stuff, we've got some trips. But the problem is when you got family in, like I said, my daughter in Australia and then I got a lot of relatives in, in Germany and some in Switzerland, then you feel kind of guilty. Like if I get, mm. take a trip to Europe and I want to go see, you know, the French countryside, I'll be, Gee, I'm only a train ride away from Germany and my relatives, right. I ought to go over there and see them. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to balance that out, you know, but with yeah. enough time, I guess I can see all those things. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last, what about in, in America? You've been all <clears throat> over the place? Um, yeah. One, <laughs> after college, I thought that the job I wanted to do was to work on sets in Hollywood. Mm. So um, I delivered a car. That's how I got to California. I delivered a car and I had enough money once I got out there to take a train up to up to Can uh, Canada and then uh, take a train across Canada. And I think it was a, oh no, then I had a friend drive up to Montreal and picked me up and brought me back down to New Hampshire. But um, yeah, going out to, uh, I, I had a few people who had contacts out on the West Coast. So I went to some, I went to three, film studios and it was the wrong time it was uh when there was a uh job shortage and i mean i remember one of the studios i went to was like uh yeah we're we're doing really great things here working on sets for these movies but you see that guy over there he's a trained architect and this yeah. guy was you know working for an engineering firm, all these people had great pedigrees, right. and I was just like an art student who wanted to work on this cool stuff for movies. And it was before all of the virtual stuff, so they were yeah. actually building sets. If you're going to make a a King Kong movie, you you built an entire small city. Right, I thought right, that right. stuff was cool, yeah. you know. That's fascinating. So uh, effects and whatnot. Yeah, but that was uh, that didn't pan out. So uh, you know, I came back and ended up working on. Uh, I did work on architectural models, um, and then that led me into being a model maker for a company in New Jersey that was doing displays for stores, and I kind of got into that whole bit, and that's yeah. where I got into the whole store gotcha. environment stuff. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And is that what brought you to Lancaster? Uh, well, my wife's originally from near here, from York, okay. and we met in New York City, and when we were, t when we, our first house was in New Jersey, a town called Edgewater, which was literally on the edge of the Hudson River. So your view was of Manhattan. Uh, and both our first two kids were born in uh, Lenox Hill Hospital in New York. Um, but, you know, we were thinking, where do we want to raise the kids? And uh, Kim had such a, a nice, idyllic background and whenever we came here to visit it seemed like people did more than just get up go to work come home eat dinner go to sleep go yeah. to, i mean we were on a treadmill kim was running her own business i was eventually running my own business so it was like non-stop and it seemed like people out here had a fuller life they had more going on they were able to get involved with other things so that's what brought us out to pennsylvania gotcha Gotcha. And did you come to, to Lancaster specifically or were you yeah. in another place? Okay. Yeah, we, we okay. came right here because it was close enough to her family and relatives in York. Right, and my right. brother-in-law and Kim's sister live here in Lancaster. So, gotcha. Yeah. It was so around no like what, what year was it you, you came It's around 89. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you've been able to see like. We've watched a change. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's another thing that kept us here is 
watching the changes in Lancaster and seeing how, um, how the arts community has grown and, you know, you can get just about any kind of food you want here and how welcoming they have been to refugees and to people from other countries and other ethnicities. It's just like, okay, this is cool. You know, I mean, you get out to some of the farmland and you still see some pretty harsh, you know, uh, small minded kind of stuff going on. But uh, for the most part, there's a certain sophistication. I think, Two things more recently, uh, obviously technology makes it possible to be almost anywhere and be in touch Mm. and do work with people in other parts of the country and of the world. But um, since the pandemic, we've had so many people who are working virtually that have come here from, you know, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, and said, well, I can keep doing the things I was doing and maybe I just go in one day a week or not at all and just you know, do all my work, um, over the internet. So yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty good. I, I have no, I've, it's gotten better here. Right, right, right. Well, so you, you kind of bouncing all around in my mind yeah. too, because I'm, I'm trying to think like, uh, from what I gathered from the podcast thus far and from what we've, we've talked about previously, you were manufacturing and the building across the street from where the studio was. Right. Do you still do that? No, that's... When, and when did you stop doing Stopped that? Stopped in 2013. Gotcha. 2009, uh, we hit a, a rough time there. The recession was kind of hitting, and uh, I had several clients who went under and didn't pay their bills, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills that weren't yeah, paid. Yeah. Um, um, I, you know, not to... <laughs> I mean, not to bring up a lot of well-known companies, but um, uh, Nutrisystem, <coughs> um, yeah. Reader's Digest, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 Jane Cosmetics, which no longer exists. These were yeah. all people who to this day have never paid their bills. And then a lot of smaller companies. And, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a yeah. difficult time. Is Reader's Digest, um, for, forgive me, is that mm. you still a company? I think so. Let's go get that money, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. A Nutrisystem, <laughs> they closed all the stores. We were yeah. making stuff for their stores that they didn't pay for. They were out of Philadelphia. They dissolved the company. Then they sold the assets. This is the way the U.S. Uh, bankruptcy court works. They were able to sell their assets but not their liabilities. We were a liability. We were yeah. people who they owed money to. The assets were the stuff we made, which then was given to the people who bought the company. Right, right. I got not a dime out of that but hey that's reality you know another one of those things that shapes you as you're growing up and you never stop growing so there you go how how do you like i mean i'm such small potatoes in comparison to this thing that you've created in my mind at least i don't know maybe i'd like i'd like to think constantly that like because there's definitely like stuff that i've done that i'm very proud about Mm -hmm. people i've talked to that are like oh wow you've created these things and this that and the other but in my mind i'm like it ain't shit if i ever think it is Mm -hmm. And I'm going to stop trying to do more stuff. So that's why I say small, small potatoes in the, in my mind. Yeah. Whatever. Right. But like, I'm so fascinated from your mind of, from a business perspective and, and all, all these things, you know, like if you could try to boil it down, I'd imagine it way different industries, way different times, different yeah. things, like some advice for myself or from the listeners, from owning a business, from running a company, like what's what, well, key what, takeaways? I think the first thing you do is you realize what your weaknesses are and get yeah. people around you. I had, my first company was in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and I had a friend who was an attorney, and I basically paid him a certain amount every month, and he took care of all our legal stuff. Yeah, And then I hired somebody who was a really good accountant who was available to do that stuff because I didn't have any business background. I was basically a designer running a business. Right, right. Um, so, you know, and and as I said, the, the, the best thing you can have in life is to be able to make money doing what you like. I like designing stuff. Yeah. But then as your business grows, you find yourself doing often, you find yourself doing less and less of the thing that made you want to be in business and mm. the thing that made you successful because now you've got personnel you have to deal with you have meetings you have to go to and that sitting down with a sketch pad and coming up with a cool design right that was not part of my everyday anymore or as much as i wanted it to be so yeah. that's 
uh, the, the, my advice would be if you can figure out how to make yourself a business that allows you to continue doing what you love, that's wonderful. If you can make money doing what you love, that's wonderful. Yeah. And for the things that you're not good at, give it up to somebody who knows what they're doing. And don't, yeah. be, don't be shy about saying, I don't know enough about this because there are other people who don't know enough about what you're doing. Right, right, so right. So we've all got our specialties and that's what, you know, will make things work out. Well, that's, that's good. That's good information. Thank you. Mm. I'm actually pretty stoked. I already knew that for the most part. So I must be on the right <laughs> path. You know, good, good, good. You're outsour- on the right path. Yeah. No, outsourcing stuff is definitely something I definitely, definitely yeah. struggled with. I mean, especially from the design aspect, yeah. right? Like I got to put together marketing materials, right. whether it's print, whether it's digital stuff. That was something that almost immediately I was like, well, I know all these people that are artists and whatnot. Yeah. And I'll just ask them to do it and we'll hire them out to do it. But, stuff. you know, then, I, I think people are, they're almost like ashamed. You, you you feel like you shouldn't know how to do everything. No, you don't have to know how to do everything. Yeah, right, right. I mean, has Elon Musk ever built a car? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. but he got the, you know, he had an idea. He put things together. Man, the guy used to sell flamethrowers. I mean, <laughs> if he can make it, I'm yeah. sorry. If yeah, he can yeah. make it, it's good for anybody. That should be an inspiration inspiration to anybody this crazy dude yeah. has made a bloody fortune yeah you know? no that is that is true that is true shout out elon musk <laughs> that's good wild, or bad man. yeah i don't know yeah i don't know I, yeah true yeah not really up to date on things but the little bits of things i am i'm like oh no the world's on fire yeah um you uh, uh you keep slightly um being more and more relaxed. So I'm going to ask you again to I'm grab sli- the- <laughs> I'm, fa- I'm sliding <laughs> off your couch. No, no, you're, you're more than welcome. You yeah. can lay on the ground if you want and just get the mic uh, uh, close to you there. The snoring would, would bother your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> no, I've done, I've done, I've, uh, you know, people hate chewing in the microphones. Oh, yeah. I ate a pack of M&Ms in the mic the <laughs> other day. I was like, fuck <laughs> you guys, I'm just going to eat this. Right. And nobody complained, yeah. so That's thanks the, for... Is his jaw clicking? What is <laughs> yeah, that yeah. noise? Yeah. You know, I actually, it's a fun thing. I, uh... <laughs> Our jaw does click. I have a... Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. The problem is, is uh, uh, to fix it, you got to you gotta really get in there and massage the, the tendon. It hurts really, really, really yeah. bad. And it'll hurt for, for multiple days, and then it won't click. Yeah. Um, and then it'll stop hurting, and the clicking will start again. So do you know Morse code? You could I be just, sending uh, signals out. I uh, could do know. that. Yeah, nobody start. would know what's going on except for people who understand the code. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear what he just said? Yeah, no, right. yeah we yeah. didn't say anything. He clicked something, though. I've been missing out this whole time. But no, I've decided to just deal with the, the clicks are fine. It's, it doesn't hurt. I don't really know too much about Jaws, but I think we'll be okay. I saw the movie. Yeah, but I still right, right. <laughs> Good joke. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with you. Uh, one one thing I definitely like to address on the podcast as much as humanly possible is my hatred for shoes. As you can see, I am not wearing yeah. shoes. My bare feet are out. I've been touching my feet this whole yes. podcast. Hope it hasn't been distracting. No. Uh, you got some cool shoes. Uh, what, what do you think about shoes? You like shoes? or I do because what? I have uh, uh, I have sensitive soles. Ah, okay. So, gotcha. I mean, if you can walk outside on yeah, yeah. concrete and step on a pebble and mm-hmm. it doesn't make you jump four feet in the air, yeah. then God bless you. Yeah. You know, do it. You got good feet and yeah. that's, the way, that's the way you were, that's the way you came out. Yeah, so right. why not? Strong you know? souls. Yeah, no, yeah. I... I try it's it's crazy i'm some people that know me around the the block if you will um i walk around oftentimes without shoes on i, I never noticed that see because yeah, yeah. no it doesn't bother me at yeah, all yeah, but yeah. I, I am impressed if you can if you've got that kind it's of taking resilient. a lot of time you built up that uh, yeah i got some like shoes on the bottom of my feet now they have people who run in marathons barefoot don't they apparently it's better for you yeah so they say Plus the cost of sneakers these days. A pair of Nikes will set your way back. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something about like the the way that the heel is designed. Ah. Aesthetically, it's very pleasing, but it's not how you're supposed to actually walk. And it's actually yeah. the, the theory being that it's changed how humans yeah. walk wearing shoes. So well, I lived during you know. the era of Earth shoes, mm. which basically it was almost like they had the heel in the front. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, all these, uh, all of us idiots were convinced that, oh, earth shoes are good. That's what you got to wear, you know, and you felt like you were going to fall over backwards, but yeah. it kind of bent your, was it your ankle? You know, it was, yeah. 
Earth shoes, I don't think will ever make a comeback. It was yeah. one of those phenomena that uh, you can't even find them in an old Goodwill store. Try to find a pair of Earth shoes. They're probably check them out. I'll give them a relics gig. in the Smithsonian at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite of like ski boots. Instead of having your heel raised, yeah. your toes were raised. Gotcha. So that flexes your your like ankle, arch. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But there was some there was some theory about that because we were all longing for the things that were going to make our lives better and have us live long, healthy, successful lives. And right. if somebody said, Earth shoes will do it and eat some granola while you're at it, we yeah, went yeah. right for it, man. Dope for that stuff. I'm a big fan of uh, granola bars, <laughs> granola in general. I like trail mix a lot. Are you yeah. a trail mix type of person? There you go. I make my own trail mix. It's fun. Oh, that's super fire. That is good. I've never tried that. I've only bought the pre-mixed trail uh, mix. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We get you get the different nuts that you like. Yeah. You can combine them in the quantities that you're uh, you're into. Customized you, trail mix. Yeah, I can yeah. see a chain of stores getting into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah, yeah. If you, I mean you go to like the 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 giant, I believe is they don't have it. I, I've been going to Wegmans a lot lately. Yeah. You ever go to that store? Oh, Wegmans? yeah. Wegmans and Whole Foods. You know, the yeah, only thing yeah. we're missing in this town is a Trader Joe's, and we would be yeah. completely spoiled. Yep, yes. Yep, yeah, with with crazy stuff we probably Whole don't food. need. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but I'll say that the good old the Giant, they have these uh, areas where you can get all the different nuts. You yeah. Get the nuts, and you make your own trail mix. It's quite like nice. It. This is what people like to listen to on podcasts. You'd, they want to hear about uh, nuts. Yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to yeah, listen but, to nuts. I'm here for that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, we definitely, I, I, I try not to get into the dark stuff as much anymore because it's a bummer. Oh, here it comes. But, uh, you know, if you want to talk about some heavy shit, I'd love to, like, kind of jump deeper into your brain if you're into well, it. Well, let's, okay, go ahead. Throw one out there. Don't What's, get too... like, uh, the most emotional pain that you've ever dealt with, and how did you overcome that? Wow. Yeah. The most emotional pain. Well, that's a good one. I don't know. You know, I'm probably like a lot of people that tends to shove that stuff in the back. Mm. I mean, in my more adult life, I've lost each one of my children at least once. And the emotional pain of doing that and having to tell your spouse, uh, yeah, I, I lost one child and her friend in Central Park in New York and had oh, to call shit. the police to help. Yeah. And the damn cops, they come and they say, okay, we found your daughter and her friend. Uh, you want us to uh, give them a hard time and so that this doesn't happen again? And I'm like, no, 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 officer. I'm just so happy they're here. And I'm thinking yeah. in the back of my head, it was my fault. I said, meet me by the statue. There's about like 15 statues <laughs> in Central Park. So yeah, yeah. Didn't specify it. Yeah. Right. My, uh, then there was one in Hershey Park, PA. And uh, then I left my son when he was only about three playing with a bucket of sand down by the ocean. And I went back to the blanket and yeah. my wife goes, where's Max? Yeah. And I said, uh, he's just down there by the beach uh and it was a very crowded day <laughs> yeah and she said you left him alone i said yeah he's right oh where'd he go that must be terrible yeah and then i had to run down the so yeah but that's not a dark kind of emotional yeah, pain yeah, that yeah. was just me being an idiot and learning I mean, how to be a dad though. yeah yeah no i mean you said you, you you bury stuff you find that helps yeah, I mean, yeah, don't dwell on the things. You, know, you can't relive your life, so don't dwell on the things you did wrong. I mean, yeah. you learn from them, hopefully, but uh, yeah. you can't beat yourself up for stuff. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, if some something bad happens, like, is your first go-to to just, like, siphon it into that folder of don't think about it? Yeah, well, I th again, I think it's what can you take out of it that's positive? I mean, one, of the, one of the worst things was we had... Uh, my oldest daughter, the one who lives in Australia, uh, she had a boyfriend who was a bad boy. Yeah. And um, he ended up stealing my car, robbing our house. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was some tough time. And then I had to go down to uh, to the courthouse and uh, testify. And uh, But then she was a good girl. She got great grades and everything. She just had this taste for bad boys. Mm. So, uh, I actually took her down to the County jail for visiting hours. 
So there I am taking my daughter to visit the guy who stole my car and Jesus. broke into yeah. our house. That's and us. my wife's like, why did you do that? I said, because she she was going to do it one way or another. She's yeah. going to go see him. So um, I didn't want to lose the connection with her. Right. So, okay. And she ended up pretty good. The guy she's with is much better. Hasn't, As far as I know, he hasn't stolen any vehicles yeah, yeah. from us. You know? Yeah, as far as you know. Everything seems to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. What yeah. about like physically? You ever uh, you break any of your bones? No. Fortunately, I've never... Uh, broken any bones which is amazing because i i do like to do some things that are a little dangerous yeah uh i my nose is broken here's this my nose i don't know if that comes across but i can flick it um and that was john ninavaggi who was a uh middle school friend uh who eventually became a cop in new jersey and uh, i had gotten boxing gloves for uh, Christmas or for my birthday and so we boxed and yeah. John landed one right on my nose and broke it and it's never been repaired but uh, yeah, it looks nice it works it's got you know. some character yeah somebody said uh, yeah, well wait until you're no longer in any kind of contact sports or anything and then get it fixed well yeah. That's been years. I've never gotten it fixed. I don't really, I don't really want somebody smashing my nose again so yeah, they can right. reset it. So Right, right, right. But uh, no, nah, no broken bones. That's good. Oh, I had a hip replacement last year. That was uh, yeah. interesting. How'd, how'd that go? Yeah, this doctor says, um, apparently you had a growing spurt when you were a kid and your uh, um, uh, cartilage did not keep up huh. and your bone is grinding against the bone. I didn't know why I had pain there. So. Right. Then when they gave me the x-ray and you see this chunk of metal inside of you, it was like, whoa, yeah. that's inside me? I feel like a android or a robot or something. You are. That's, You're a cyborg now. Yeah. And they had to give me one of these little cards so that if I uh, set off a metal detector somewhere, I could say, oh, it's okay. It's just my metal hip. Yeah. And then he says, yeah, two years, you'll probably need another one. And I said, nah. Damn. I'm going to take uh, some, what did I, t- I'm taking this, uh. Uh, supplement that's supposed to be good to keep your cartilage in place hoping i'll never have to get the other one done who knows yeah yeah so but even that i mean that's as probably as bad as breaking a bone but removing a section of your body right i'm trying to think the metal hip could you is it magnetic like could you use it functionally like if you got to hold a ruler or something can you like no i didn't know i think it's That'd be stainless neat, though, steel it? it would be good if i yeah. you know you could, use could it attract things. Yeah, I could yeah, yeah. have things clinging to me. <laughs> yeah, you never through, know. Hey. Or go through a magnetic field somewhere and get tossed through the air. Yeah, or you, could, you have like superpowers or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll, try, I'll work on that. The things I think about, you know, <laughs> the important stuff. <laughs> so no, no broken bones. That's good. Um, um, oh, uh, when I was, oh yeah, here's two things. Not yeah, broken yeah. bones, but pretty bad. Um I used to be a carriage boy, which meant bringing in the shopping carts at Valley Fair Supermarket in nice. Little Ferry, New Jersey, okay? So, um, and we had a bunch of people who hung out. Other kids from from my uh, high school would be hanging out. And I'm sitting on the back of uh, Joey's car, and Joey decides it'd be very funny if he took off with Mitch sitting on the trunk of his car. Ooh, yeah. And he's speeding up through the parking lot, and I'm like, you know, pounding on the on the trunk. Hey, stop it! Stop it! It's going too fast. I jump up in the air, and when you're jumping off a speeding car, you're still moving in that right. direction. Right. And I fell on the back of my head, and I had a. Uh, I haven't shaved my head, and I still got hair, so I haven't seen it. But yeah, there must yeah. be a pretty decent scar up there. Yeah. And I did go. Uh, I lost consciousness for a while, and I had amnesia. Mm. Um, but what I did do, I was told by the other people who were there, I ran inside of the shopping store and this was during the blue laws, uh, which meant, uh, in New Jersey, you could only sell groceries. So Valley fair was completely closed except for the grocery department. I went inside, I went under the partitions or the ropes, however, they had the stuff sectioned off. <clears throat> and I started running away because I was afraid these people were going to call my mother and she mm. would get very upset. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, being that mother son only parent relationship. Yeah, fell off a car. So I, yeah. I ran through there and eventually they, uh, they had to get some of the security people to catch me and 
um, reel me in. And then I, I don't remember anything that happened until I woke up because I had gone to the hospital. They shaved off the area, gone to the hospital. Then I wake up, and you know how you, in, this was in the summertime, the lighting wasn't right. I'm waking up, but it isn't like morning light. It was obviously getting towards sunset. And I get up out of my room. I go down the flight of stairs down to the kitchen, and I see my mother there. And my mother's German. She's got a thick accent. She's, oh, my God, you're all right. What happened to you? And like an asshole, I had to mess with her. I said, who are you? And she, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I said, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. What happened? <laughs> oh, you upset me. Yes, yeah. Was, yeah. Couldn't didn't want to miss a chance to yeah, right, mess right. with somebody though. Yeah, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Jeez. I hate you. At least it wasn't worse, right? No, oh, I don't know. Or... Sometimes I think I might have damaged my brain permanently. Yeah, uh, remains to be seen. <laughs> I guess I don't know how you would even how you would know. I guess I, right? Yeah, I gotta maybe find... you could speak German before, and then you maybe just that forgot. was it. Yeah, that could be it. That knocked the German right out of me. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. knocked the shiza right out of him. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yo, I I feel like we could talk forever. I know we had a brief talk before yeah. this, and and I've been really enjoying this time. But I do need to wrap this up here soon. I got it was a client, definitely fun, Byron. Thank you. I got a client coming in here soon, but um, yeah, geez. So, uh, I don't know. Normally, this is where I, I give out shout out for the plugs. If there's anything you do want it. to promote or anything. Me, I got um, nothing to promote. All right, sweet. Just be yourself, live yeah. a good life, do what you can, and enjoy it because, you know, it's uh, every day is a gift. Yeah. Well, that's good because I also normally end it with a message of some sort, but you you beat me to the chase. Oh. So thanks a bunch for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting and, me. Uh, hope you have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you.